to me positively talking about my team. However, we uh, came up short. Um, we were the one seed, played great Friday and Saturday. Sunday came out, laid an egg. Yeah. Hate to see it. Even hate to be a part of it. <laughs> and it's just <laughs> it's it's nothing worse than taking care of like a field and like just watching the championship at your own home field and you're not comfortable. It's so, so emasculating. What place did you finish? I think we finished like fourth. So you lost in the semifinal? Final four. Yeah, we had a bye because we were the one seed. And you lost the first game. Not a big deal. <laughs> yep, lost the first game on Sunday. Said thanks. See you later. Do you make the kids watch the championship game like Stefan Diggs? Like when they no, watched they the, left. the champions? <laughs> no, they all left. They all left. But you watched them. They went to the splash. They went to the splash. Yeah. Time. I had to, I had to present the medals after the championship game. Oh God, um, no! What a slap in the face! Just, Did you cry? Can't do your job. You hide back those it's tears tough. for your kids. What? You you hid the tears for your kids so they didn't see your true emotions. I don't cry. No, you don't need to cry over it. When's the last time you cried, Alex? I don't know. I don't know. Actually, I can't think of any times recently. Evan's got a um, in it in his room. He's got a uh, countdown clock that says like 362 days until the next the third annual Aeros tournament. Be a champion. Slaps it every day because he doesn't want to feel the sting of this year. He wants to hang out. He wants to put. So if you won, do you put your own medal on your own neck? Because that's kind of a power trip. Oh, he would have. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, oh, yes, this is mine. And just put it on and then walk away. And like, yep, I am the champion. Thank you for coming. <laughs> That's right, losers. I, mean, I need to ask an important question. I don't ever remember. Are you the head coach of this team or assistant head coach or co-head coach? Or how does that work? I am the head coach of the 11U Tecumseh Aeros baseball team. Wow. So you are going to be the next Jim Leland. 
Um, if I start smoking a pack of cigarettes every day, then maybe. It's a nice career path. Just don't be uh, like Tony La Russa, off the field. Hey, he's hip now. <laughs> See him wearing his hat sideways? No. Oh, he also wears it sideways when he does a little. He TV wore round. it just like that. He wore it just like that in the dugout, and I saw a meme, and it was hilarious. <laughs> Anything else of note outside of the tournament? We had golf league last night. Yes, both Alex and I. It's back. Um, we are back. Two weeks off. It feels like two weeks since we played. Actually, I had a week off because Memorial Day didn't play the best, but we did take points. Drew and I are in third place and moving up. Potentially, we're in second now. Wow. I haven't done the numbers yet, but we're the top. Everyone's chasing us. Everyone's chasing well, your dad's team, actually. Everyone but two teams are chasing <laughs> you guys. Guess, who, guess who I play next week? One versus two matchup, potentially. Next week's going down. I'm wow. going to give the slight odds favorite to your dad's team. They're experienced. So that's who's in first? Yes. Evan's father is in first place in the golf league. Grudge match city between Evan and Oh, there's and an asterisk next to that, how many points you're taking, because there's a rumor out there saying that my dad's partner, Wally, is establishing. So that's why they're taking all the points, because it's 80% of his score. Establishing his dominance on the league? What does establishing mean in this situation? Establishing his handicap. So his handicap probably should be lower than what he's actually shooting. Let's say he shoots 10 over and around. He's establishing, so it's 80% of that. He has a handicap of 8 and so you like get more points if you're establishing because your handicaps can be high. Some would argue that you're going to split even most of the time when you're establishing. Now, we're getting pretty into the weeds about this. I don't want to call Wally a sandbagger, but it sounds like Wally there's, there's lots of is a sandbagger. There's a lot of sandbaggers. Evan, you know? There's a sandbagger in this group, technically. Alex's partner could be a sandbagger. People are saying. Whoa. I'm not saying it. But people are. Whoa. I mean, Evan knows it. You're on you're on hole nine. The round has been lost. Oh, what's the three putt? You know? You never know. You know? Oh, you drive, like, you know Duffing one here and there. It's okay. The whole integrity integrity of this league is, is questionable, it sounds like. We're not being that serious. I would never just play bad on purpose. Anything else from your week, Evan? I think that's, that's about it. Solid week. Alex. No, no. Let's go to your week first and then mine. Me? You know, change it up. Okay. Played some golf outside of the league, obviously, that I'm not in. I didn't play well. Played nine holes on a Saturday morning. Played really, really bad. Other than that, really nothing, you know? Went downtown in a Royal Oak on Saturday night. That was cool, but... uh I mean, I hate to. I don't want to. I don't want to gripe this place. There's no chance anyone from this place listens to this show. But it's just absurd that uh, this place in downtown Royal Oak called Fifth Avenue. It's kind of. I don't know. It's kind of. They have like a monopoly on downtown in in that area. Their cover charge that they charge people is absurd. It's five dollars for girls to get in, which is like fair, whatever. Twenty bucks for dudes to get in, just just to get in and. Like an idiot, I've paid it twice now. I mean, I've had decent times both times I've gone. So, it's, and you kind of forget about it by the end of the night. But in the moment, like, dude, why am I just handing over twenty dollars to this doorman? And this time especially hurt because we went at like nine thirty when it wasn't even busy. Last time it was like around midnight and was fully packed. I get that. Like, okay, yeah, there's a there's a premium to get in, 
but like 9.30 and you're not even busy and it's like, hey, here's a quick 20 out of your wallet, just hurts deep down. That was that was about it. That's my complaint of the week, which is, isn't really a complaint because I no one forced me to pay it. I willingly was like, yep, here you go. <laughs> so that sucks. Nothing else? Oh, DJs around the country, stop playing like no word EDM music. It also goes into, into the said bars. Like, stop. Play like, people would much rather hear People want to say, pour some sugar on me in a bar like that than whatever Tiesto just came out with that has no words in it. Or I wasn't going to say David Guetta, but no, play, play David Guetta. His songs have words. Just don't play like Skrillex. Like people, no one knows how to dance to that. And that needs to stop. That's about it. That's my only PSA in this segment. What happened to you this week, Alex? So you had golf league, obviously, but anything else? Well, short work week, so that was plus only four days because uh, Memorial Day, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So that was nice. Good point. What did I do? Pretty much nothing that Grant didn't mention. I mean, I also golfed on Saturday with Grant, and I also went to the same bar. And You also didn't play great from what I remember. No, I did not play my best. It was It was – I would say we both, you know, just gave up on the round after a few holes and we started just, you know, trying to have fun and enjoy ourselves. We had Tommy Tiger Woods behind us, like we had eager. a guy hit into us multiple times <laughs> to the point where nice. we we put it in the hole, we're we're putting the flag in, we're walking off the green, and this guy is so eager beaver, <laughs> he is already hitting at us and I mean it's never good. No. Never hit the green. Wasn't even close to us, but like, buddy. Two minutes, not First. even. We're getting to the car and we'll drive away. But no, he's got to hit into us, even though we're stuck behind another group in front of us anyway, so we can't go anywhere. First spike touches the fringe. Ball's in the air. Ball's coming. <laughs> it's like, dude. Oh, not to jump in, but hilarious story from set golf. I'll keep it brief because a lot of golf talk. Get to the last <laughs> hole on nine, and I'm playing terrible, so I'm not really you know, the most uppity golfer there is. So I hit a putt. And I would pretend like chase it in like Tiger Woods and that one like clip at the Masters like pointing at it. And I run by the hole. I missed it, of course. And Alex is like, hey, dude, you might want to like stop running across the green. Like it could mess people's stuff up. I'm like, oh, Alex, stop. You're just kind of being a know-it-all when it comes to golf. He's like, no, like someone from inside the course is like watching us right in now. In the pro shop. In pro the shop. There was a so, figure of a so, man. So I look over like, oh, dude, there was, there was someone staring at us. I'm like, kind of, I'm kind of nervous. <laughs> So we drive the cart. You have to go right by this window. I look like at it and still staring at us. It's a cardboard cutout life-size of Phil Nicholson <laughs> that they have looking out at the ninth grade. Oh. And I'm like, yeah, they're definitely, the Rangers definitely coming it's for like us. Scarecrow. It was like a scarecrow. <laughs> Standing right there looking at us. So that was memorable. But what else from your weekend? Again? Yeah, so I played golf that Saturday. Went to the bar. Paid $20. Pretty dumb. It's all right. I agree with Grant's EDM rant, so I'm not going to rant about it also. Then uh, Golf League, I guess I'll jump to that because Sunday I didn't do anything. So Monday I golfed on League. Um, I'm in a new like grip and changed uh, how I place my hands on the golf club. A little swing difference. Hit the ball pretty well. On the last hole, um, everything was going really well. On the last hole, I was about 160 out on... And I uh, pulled the wrong club, I guess, and I went 30 yards over the green. So that kind of derailed me a bit. It was a little upsetting to finish like that. But overall, played good, took some points. 
And uh, like Evan, we are moving up. We were ninth two weeks ago, sixth this week, and then we took points again. So we're probably in the top five now. So we're not too far back. Maybe Evan will slip next week and we'll uh, we'll play each other on position. Oh. Which position I just matches you up like one, two, three, four, five, six, all the way down to give the league a chance to like move up or down. Makes sense. And it's like the halfway point, I believe. I don't know. That's true. Yeah. So, outside of our personal lives, what's happened since we last recorded? Quite a bit. Not a ton in Detroit-specific sports, because it gets slower here in the summertime, and none of our teams, like we always say, I think every single week, it's uh, we we uh, beat a dead horse. They are not in the playoffs, so it makes it... Like, if we had hockey or basketball going on, we could break those games down every single show. It'd be a blast. But anyways, this kind of transitions to that. We'll hop around here of, of national things we noticed, because there was a lot of cool stuff that happened. Speaking of those playoffs, I don't know if it's just me, but uh, in multiple sports, not just one. You know, you got the hockey crowds that are full capacity now. Vegas was buzzing um, in their game against the Avalanche. And even in, um, well, we had the Knicks crowd at the Garden. There's some basketball. Some some basketball crowds are kind of wild. I think I think Utah Jazz tonight is going to be off the rails. Too. They're always like a really aggressive crowd. Phoenix for, was pretty, for better good, pretty good last night as well. <laughs> Phoenix is an interesting crowd. There's like young kids involved. There's like... They're just going They're crazy. Yeah. And then, they went, yeah, they went on like a 16-0 run in that game uh, last night. And then, more surprisingly, in these D1 college baseball regionals, some crazy viral videos of, like, Tennessee hit a walk-off. They were going bananas. Arkansas, I watched that one live. I tuned into the Arkansas-Nebraska game. Kid hit a 3-1 bomb when they were up by a run in the eighth, and that place erupted. It, I think I know the answer, but like, does it feel like these reactions are bigger and better than ever before? Uh, just because like everyone doesn't know how to act because they're back from COVID. I think we just took for granted uh, fans and reactions and all that. I just think without having it for so long, you, we just forgot that you know fans make sports. They really do. And it's awesome. I mean, they're probably a little louder and a little more jazzed up. But I think now that people know what it's like without fans, that this might just be the new normal, if you guys want to say it's different. Like, I think this is how it's going to be. Like, rowdy fans. For a while, yeah. I agree. Yeah, because if fans are gone again, everyone's going to be depressed. And so I don't think anyone is going to take advantage of or take for granted um, being in the stands. Mm-hmm. I think it's partly social media. You get any fan reaction, it's going to go on social media. Great point. You got to think it's been like two years since we've seen like playoff fans in any situation. Those two years, social media has gotten bigger. Fans have gotten a little bit crazier. And now te- teams and fans are diehards. And so they're going to get reactions like that. And now, I mean, these are big moments too. Regular season, you're not going to see much of that. But I mean, like playoffs and regionals, I think the college baseball is just unbelievable. Ole Miss's celebration in the outfield with their student section, any home run. I think they just spray their beers or whatever they're drinking just straight in the air. It's like a water fountain. It's unbelievable. <laughs> That's sweet. I always love a good drink drink throw reaction like that. And I can't be the only one. I'm sure you guys feel the same. I wrote, I have just serious FOMO since no Detroit teams have experienced this yet since, um, you know, post-pandemic. And I really just want to be a part of one of these crowds. And I can't fake like we, we picked our fake teams for the playoffs, but I can't really get into it that much. I can't sit here and say, oh, I should like get on my feet when Phoenix, when Devin Booker makes a big shot. Like I can't convince myself that much I care. So I just need 
a Detroit team to get into the playoffs at some point with this full capacity back so we can enjoy it. Because it sucks being on the sidelines. But another event that I want to get to briefly that also dealt with fans. Evan, USA Soccer, back? I don't know if we're back. I don't know if we were ever there. Back. Um, Arrived. Showing up. Getting better, maybe. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, but... I'll be honest, I did stay up late to watch that. I woke up and I had about 25 messages in a group chat. And I was like, what is going on? And it was all about USA soccer. Went straight to Twitter, went to ESPN, watched the highlights. And I was like, wow, I missed a great match. And then my boy, uh, Pulzik, you know, shout out Chelsea. He is the new Captain America for US soccer. Mm-hmm. We have a stud Everybody likes him. He's like the fan favorite. So I would say U.S. soccer is getting better. Arrived. I don't know if we're back because I don't think we're, we've ever been there. Fair. Knockout stages. Now, someone might need to hold me back here, but I, I will go as far to say that that USA-Mexico, from not really knowing a ton about it, that might be the best rivalry in all of sports. That was chippy, the, the chippy, most chippy. pure hate. Between players, between fans against opposing players, I've ever seen. Two guys, one American, one the Mexican team, got hit in the head with like full bottles of water. Like just drilled. One guy, he may have flopped his soccer. He went down to the ground. He was laying there like he had a concussion for like five minutes. I and saw that people were filling cups up with pee and throwing them as well. Wow. Like full on. It was a... Like, a dude got hit in the back. One of the players on the Mexico team got hit in the back with a cup full of piss. Jeez. Could you imagine? I mean, I could not. Stinky. Ew. I also, you guys have heard this take. I'll recycle it. But I need to say for the podcast is street cred. Everyone likes to, um, the easy chirp for soccer is, oh, they flop, they're soft, blah, blah, blah. And there's a lot of nuances in the game of why you have to flop and whatnot. And it gets compared to the NBA a lot because the NBA is flopping a lot now. Gotta give some credit, street credit to soccer players for just shrugging all that debris off because as we saw in the NBA the last couple weeks, like one little popcorn or one one splash of water, the NBA players were throwing fits about it, whereas soccer players had just heaps of stuff being thrown upon them and they still stayed dialed into the game. And I'm sure they made comments afterwards about how they like lost the crowd, but it wasn't they weren't focused on that mid-game, um, like a lot of NBA like stuff was so still goes to the overall point let's not be throwing stuff at people but it was interesting to see how like soccer players kind of like toughened up in that situation i kind of respect them a lot for it and shout out our backup goalie who made that sweet save on multiple the pk made multiple saves big saves that was pretty cool your guy got uh benched i guess he got hurt okay what he did i don't know just did you watch it i did but i didn't see when he went out I wasn't paying attention. Well, before you just come on to this widely listened to show and say that Man City's backup goalie, Zach Steffen. Well, awesome, you can debate that he might just be the backup now anyways. When he got slid into and uh, like tore yeah, up his Yeah, but groin. he looked fine on the bench. He was moving around. Okay. Excited. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Alex. You're I didn't right. say he's not injured. As someone I just who watched said he might not be it. the starter anymore. He got pulled. He might not be the starter anymore. Different argument than you were making. Well, I changed my arguments as a good podcast talker would do. You flip flop like a pancake there. My point remains he got hurt, and that's why he wasn't in the game. Anyways, Evan, did you – hopefully you didn't. I did. 
I'm an idiot. So you didn't you didn't get let me talk about United States soccer at all. You can jump in wherever you want. No, you don't, you don't, don't, you don't, don't have topics. You, you don't, don't have, have to raise on. your hand. Move on. You don't have to move raise on. your hand. Move on. You didn't, clearly, you didn't watch the game because you. Said, I did. I did. I don't even want to hear your opinion about it because you didn't watch. The no, game. I see that. That's why you moved on so fast. Evan, did you waste fifty dollars on Floyd Mayweather, Logan Paul, like I did? Uh, no, I wanted to watch it, but I was busy Sunday evening when it started. I think like the prelims or the undercard started at what eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really home until like nine nine thirty. So after that point, it was like nah. Um, and my house isn't best suitable to for pay per view and uh, streaming services. So I was just like, I'll see it on Twitter. I'll wake up to it in the next morning. I did not watch it live. I watched the highlights. I've seen all the. Fan theories. I've seen all the hate for it. I've seen the likes for it. Um, I kind of have a glimpse of what went on. And Logan Paul did not win, whether his brother likes it or not. Um, Very true. Floyd definitely won. Like Logan Paul hit like thirteen percent of his hits and threw like two hundred seventeen punches. That my man was out there just swinging, <laughs> aiming for the fences. Yeah. Uh, Floyd definitely won. And Floyd saw the paycheck and was like, "Yeah, sure, I can do this." Um, but in Miami, when it was rainy, downpouring, they had to sweep off the the mat yeah. multiple times, and fans started booing at the end of it because they nobody knocked each other out. It, it's entertainment. It wasn't a boxing match. It was strictly entertainment. If people think it was something different, then they're wrong and they're idiots for thinking otherwise. So you mentioned the fan theories. Do you think that Floyd Mayweather held up Logan Paul to keep the fight going? <laughs> that video is so like I. I believe it. it. There's a chance. But my only problem, my only problem is, is like that video is attached with thinking, oh, Floyd Mayweather held him up, and it could be taken out like out of context. Like you'd have to watch like the first 15 seconds before that happened, and like a good like minute after that happened. Or somebody says, hey, Floyd Mayweather held up Logan Paul, and then you watch him hit him, and he goes down, and then it cuts. You're like, oh yeah, he kind of did. And I mean, it looks like he did. Yeah. I thought it would be tough for Floyd to hold up a guy that big. So I was like, eh, I don't know. But I, I think the persons, I'll just re- like kind of go off of what they said. Uh, it was Joe Rogan put an Instagram post about it. And it's like the really boring take about the whole thing. As someone who paid for it, Showtime also, you it wouldn't have mattered, Evan, with your streaming situation. They Their whole stream like wasn't working for forever too. So I had to, I eventually got to work on the app on my phone, but like barely. So that was good. I would love a refund if they'd give one. It was like entertaining enough to not complain, but I think what I what I took from it, based on kind of what Joe Rogan was explaining, is that one, it's super impressive that Floyd Mayweather is still like that sharp at age forty four, uh, fighting a guy twice his age that's way heavier than him. Like not a lot of boxers would do that, and then it's also super impressive on Logan's end because he got punched pretty hard, like several times by Floyd, especially like in the fourth round, and just to go to the distance with him, whether Floyd was like all in or not still pretty impressive and something like it'd be pretty cool just to have that the rest of your life that you went the distance in a fight with Floyd Mayweather who's like arguably the best of all time so that's I guess it's it's a win-win for both and kind of a loss if you were hoping for a knockout for the country I think anyone hoping for a knockout probably knew deep down that there wasn't going to be one Floyd doesn't really knock people out and he doesn't get knocked out so Mm -hmm. I mean like Evan said, it was purely for entertainment, and they probably made millions of dollars off of it. But, I mean, the fight itself, I mean, it's pretty boring. Floyd, you know, got a few shots in there, 
surprised. I did think that Logan Paul was better than anyone expected he would be. But also, like Evan said, he was just like flailing his arms at some points and just like swinging for the fences. Just like didn't look like a boxer at all in some points. But overall, the fight, you know, if we're being super serious about it, it stuck. And it was not worth $50. So I feel bad for anyone who paid it. Especially with the Showtime. Thank you if you bought Showtime. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, they got to fix that next time. The Chad Johnson fight wasn't bad. No, it was all right. Took a big shot. Good good production value. The Song of the Summer. We had it. It's been released to the public. I don't know if those are aware. (laughs) Evan may have listened to it. I don't know. I sent it to our group chat as I do once a summer. Evan, did you like it or did you not like it? I, I'm. He's not a Keith. Don't be harsh here. I'm just well, saying. I would pump my, pump my brakes on it being the song of the summer so early. Um, it has its moments. It has a little catchy here and there, but then there's some parts where I just can't get down to it. The Keith Urban verse. Evan, you hate Keith Urban. Say it. No, I. Keith Urban like makes that song. If Keith Urban wasn't in that song, it would be. Okay. All right. At least we agree with that. All right. But there's do you like Keith Urban? In it where like he. Goes in, not Keith Urban, uh, goes into like deeper tone of voice, like rap, and I don't think it like plays well with the type of song that he's trying to get. Okay, we're still coming around on country rap, sounds like, and I am too. It's a weird genre. <laughs> so I think Keith Urban saying it's, <laughs> I can't say Grant says the song of the summer, so we'll see until I, somebody takes this one over. The song of June, I can. <laughs> the song of song June. of last week. <laughs> All right, yeah. that's a start. <laughs> But I can definitely see a little tuned up Evan Camus at Harper's. That song comes on just absolutely. Evan has some vibing to Bush that. lights, maybe a vodka lemonade in him. He, he's vibing to that. There's no doubt. I mean, yeah, because I'll know the song. Be like, hey, I know the song. Probably yeah. sing a couple lyrics to it, and everybody. And then like, all of a sudden, this. that song is going to be all and the then I'll say, like, yeah, it's Grant's song of the summer, 2021. Yeah. And mine too. Wink, wink. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I was just holding out for a Justin Bieber song of the summer. Oh, you know what? I'll be honest. If he comes out with a fire song somewhere in the summer months, bucket song of the summer. I can get behind that. Bad podcasting on us. The song called "Throw It Back" by uh, Breland, featuring Keith Urban. I forgot to say it off the top, so uh, we won't play it here because last time we tried to play a song, we struggled with it technical wise um, and copyright. So go listen to that song and um, let us know what you think about it. And last but not least, before we get into the Detroit sports, oh, the worst player, the second best, I won't do him that bad, the second best player in NBA history is washed up. His career is over. He will never win another title again. Bounce in the first round. None other than LeBron James was eliminated from the NBA playoffs since the uh, last time we recorded. What do you think about that, guys? I think the Suns played a great series. Uh, Devin Booker looked like a true star. And LeBron just, he, you know? Quit. That's a LeBron guy. Lover. Uh, I wouldn't say that. LeBron's I like sexual. I, I like his ability. I like him as a basketball player. I don't think he's a terrible person like some people do. Man. Who thinks he's a terrible person? I don't hate his guts more than anyone else on the planet, Grant. But with all that being said, what was it, game Four, five. Watch this series either. Well, I don't remember the exact game it was. Okay, but when he walks out on his team, it's a bad look. And even as a LeBron guy, you want to open that real quick? Ready? 
that distracted you that bad? Well, I just figured you were just gonna get on with it. LeBron stinks. He's washed up. He doesn't stink. You know, his team wasn't great. Anthony Davis was hurt, but he left his team. And after he left his team, it was hard for me to really get behind him any further. And I'm already a Chris Paul fan, and I have been my whole life. So it was okay for me to transition to the Suns for the rest of the series. All of one game. Whatever lets you sleep at night. Why don't you tell the people how much you hate LeBron James so they can understand more of why... You're so excited There's about this. not much like other level than just hate. I just hate LeBron For no James. reason? You just want No, to I have a ton it. of reasons. But we don't have two hours to get into it. Give, give two reasons. He's the cringiest human being of all time. One. And he wants to be liked by every single person when he should have just leaned into the villain role. And he lied to the whole city of Cleveland's face. Any others that you want to just quickly shoot out? Nope. Would you say he's in your top three most hated people? He's the only person I hate. So there is no three. It's just him. Evan, you hate LeBron that much? Um, Probably not that much. I hate the media coverage of LeBron James, which makes me not like him even more. Because every second that he's playing in the game, that's all they talk about. And guess what? There's like six to eight other teams playing. Let's talk about how good the Suns were. Let's talk about how good Devin Booker was. No, let's talk about LeBron James not being in the playoffs anymore. Sick. I'm sick of it. I don't like when people blow up these athletes and that's all they talk about. Um, so I've never been a LeBron James fan. Your own co-host just did exactly what you described. We're not talking about the Suns here. We're talking about LeBron James being eliminated from the playoffs. I understand that. Wow. So you we you, lost you more so hate LeBron James media than you do LeBron James. Uh, yes. Like uh, SportsCenter, just when they just nonstop talk about LeBron James, hate it. Me too. So your hate's a lot different than Grant's. So that's what I get. But it, this LeBron James hatred also stems from LeBron James scoring like 25, 28 points in a row in the Pistons in a playoff game. And we have a good reason to. We played against him. We're diehard Pistons fans. So, and he played in Cleveland, left Cleveland, came back. We have a reason to hate LeBron James. I agree with you. Yeah. Grant, do you want to have anything to say? At this point, I'd love to throw it out to a recent YouTube subscriber, Mike Anderson, on YouTube. I had a great moment today reading this article, or comment, but it basically is an article with how long it is. Only the first paragraph here, it'll be a reading on the show. The only first paragraph is about LeBron. The next is about golf and Stafford, which maybe we can get into it for a different day. I mean, this guy wrote a novel, so go check it out. It's on our most recent... Episode number 23. So Mike Anderson, four days ago. First, I hate LeBron with such a passion that I refuse to watch Lakers games. So I'm not that I watch because I love to hate watch. Most of my favorite sports memories are from watching the Lakers. The moment the Lakers signed LeBron, I decided that I would no longer watch them until he is off the team. I have lived up to that promise. I love the fact that the Lakers lost, and this is coming from a fan of the Lakers for the last 30 years. So one, like, this is this is wild. And then that's where he cuts it off. He goes into all a bunch of Rams golf stuff, L.A. guy, obviously. And then he ends with, I am now a subscriber to this channel. You had me at, quote, I wanted to watch LeBron lose, quote, LMAO. Shout out Mike for subscribing. I told Mike, welcome aboard. You're in, you're in the right place. Yeah. Um, the, the LeBron hate will never run dry on this podcast. Um, I almost don't even like to get him this much buzz on the show because I don't like talking about him. Like, I don't enjoy it. He, he stinks as a human being, and he's a great basketball player. 
which is sucks. But he's coming to the end. I don't, I don't anticipate him winning another fine, uh, finals ever. And uh, hopefully, for Mike's sake, he leaves the Lakers this off off season like the uh, fair weather guy he is. So Mike can get back to watching his beloved Lakers. I hope that bond isn't broken for Mike because he seems so sincere about it. For Mike also, I hope LeBron leaves the Lakers. Would you accept him in a Pistons uniform? It's really just asking you, Brad. Oh. I wouldn't like it. So would you be our guy there and just boycott the Pistons? Even though you have a podcast where you, you know, have to I would have to watch for the sake of the podcast. I'll tell you this. If they won a title with LeBron James, I'd feel really dirty about it and wouldn't celebrate it. I mean that. Evan, you that extreme as well? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> we have to get talked about a lot, unfortunately, which I just said I hated. But Detroit sports need to get talked about. Um, but I would cheer for team success. Oh, you got it. And not LeBron's success. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Well, all I, would I cheer about was like, hey, did we win? Did we win that game? Yes. And then that's all I care about. Yeah, we know you cheer for them. I, I guarantee halfway through the season when you want to watch absolute <laughs> show every night and you guys are just loving it, you guys would be like, we, you know what? I like this LeBron James guy. He's what, not bad. What LeBron James have you watched the last year? He's washed up. He's not washed up, and that's just super extreme to say. You want to do – I don't need You want to wash that. LeBron's dirty underwear for him, it sounds like. I would, never, you could I would never do that. It's <laughs> disgusting. We would not go that far. I you want to sniff his bath – You want to sniff his bath towels. No. No, I would not do that either. But all I'm saying is if he was in a Pistons uniform, I'd it's something that you should be able to get behind. Enough of this. Enough of this guy. He doesn't need to take up this much time. No. What I want to get to tons of real estate in your head. What I want to get to for Mike is is I want to talk about a team that I'll never quit watching, no matter how dark it gets. And that is your Detroit Lions. Shout out to Dan Miller. So this week, Dan Campbell, the man is addicted to make, making national news headlines, whether he means to or whether he doesn't. In this case, Evan, before we get Evan, are you a coward guy? I forget. Do you like Colin Coward? No. Okay. Absolutely not. Ever oh. since he left, uh, what was it called? Sports Nation Sports with Michelle Nation. Beadle. Yeah. Ever since oh, he wow. left that show, he has gone downhill. Okay. That show was great with Michelle Beadle. I really Howard. enjoyed that I show. watching that show in the afternoon around 4 or 5 o'clock. Um, but ever since he left that, I think he got like a balloon head. Thinks he's better than what he actually is. Um, <laughs> I, I, I wrote down some nasty points about him, so <laughs> I am not a fan of him. All right, well, I will say I'm Michelle Beadle's front. She was one of my first, like, TV crushes as a kid, so that's cool. Shout out Michelle Beadle. So what I have here is, as we saw, and Lions fans most likely saw, if not, go look it up before we get into it. Joy Taylor, Colin uh, Coward's, I guess, like, side, side host, because he always sits in that raised desk, and then he has uh, usually the co-assistant host. Co-host sit in a, in a, off the couch, kind of does some fat-checking, hops in. He had a he had a different co-host. She wanted to have her own show. I forget her name. But like that's kind of like they come on the show and they end up having their own show. So Joy Taylor, who's on the show basically every day, she makes her viral Twitter video, which we don't need to explain too much of the backstory, just kind of, kind of crapping on Dan Campbell. And the line that really struck a chord with me was Colin at the end saying, if you think what Dan Campbell's doing with this race helmet is funny, then you're just a dumb person. Like that just seemed way over the top. Like I think we can separate the two. But I just kind of want to know your guys' mindset altogether, more for like maybe how Lion Stan should view this. Because, and I'll be honest, I, I read some comments underneath Joy Taylor's video last night, and it's not necessarily all Lions fans def- 
like on against her. There's some that have her side where it's like, yeah, we would like to see our coach win first before kind of doing these stunts and gimmicks. What do you guys think about Joy's reaction to to our coach with the the race helmet since he was the Grand Prix or the Grand Marshal? Evan, it sounds like you got a lot of points to make in a hated manner. So I'll Which first. we love. Mine won't be as long. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll let, I'll let you, you finish with the, the hate. I'm going to try to be uh, sort of a devil's advocate to you because I actually think this way. Reasonable Ronnie? Yeah, reasonable Ronnie. So on one hand, if the national media is looking, they, they just see, you know, Dan Campbell's got a racing helmet on. They might jump to conclusions and be like, yeah, this guy's a clown. He's never coached. At, well, he has coached in the NFL as head coach. But that's besides the point. But never as like the full-on guy. On one hand, yes. So – I could see, you know, they're like, oh, this guy's a loser. But they also should realize, you know, he's the grand marshal for the race. He's doing it more for the city. Okay, but they knew all that. So then what? Like, if so they know then it that. gets to this, ultimately. Okay. On the other hand. I think, to try to be reasonable, Ronnie, here, both points are valid. Yes, the guy hasn't won in Detroit. Okay? He hasn't. So if you want to make fun of him. He won his first press conference. Okay. So if you want to make fun of him because, you know, he's, he's fiery and he's fired up in the press conferences and he's, he's giving people something to talk about, which we love because it gives us something to talk about, mm. then if you want to hate on him, fine. But as Detroit fans, I don't think we have anything to really worry about because, you know, he's just, he's just talking. He's just being who he is. And if, if it doesn't work, I don't think it's because he was talking to the national media in obnoxious manners or if he's trying I don't think he's trying to put on a show I just think that's how the dude is like that's just who he is so I don't think it's like a big deal and if anything Detroit should be happy that we get talked about a little more and Colin Coward's take at the very end uh, saying that we're dumb people that that was over the line ridiculous but I'm sure Evan's going to go in on that so I'm going to let him do that but overall I don't think it's like should have even been a big topic but if people want to hate on it, they can. And as a Detroit fan, it's whatever. But ultimately, it doesn't matter until we reach the field and we see if he's, you know, a decent coach. And I don't really care. It doesn't bother me one way or the other. Just, you know, right in the middle. Reasonable Ronnie cannot be bothered with uh It can't. Why, why would, I don't know why it bothers national media to begin with. But. Just a racing helmet. He didn't get naked at the podium. Angry Evan can be bothered. And I want him. I want him out. <laughs> Go in. I, I am. I am bothered. It's yes. it me. I don't know why, but I saw the video like early last week, late last week actually, and it just instantly got me pissed off. Like, why are you attacking Campbell for no reason? First, okay, like we said before, he put on a racing helmet, then he took it off, um, and they said, "Now I will take questions." Kind of funny. Sports Center threw it in like their montage right before the show started, and that was like the last <laughs> clip right before the show started. It was like, "And now I'll take questions." Boom, show started. It was f- pretty funny eating breakfast at six in the morning. Wow! But Shout was out to <laughs> Early riser to promote the Grand Prix because he, like Grant said, he was uh, the Grand Marshal or was going to be the Grand Marshal, and then. Like, is it wrong to have a coach as a – to have personality? Is it wrong to have a coach as, like, a player coach? Because um, then Joy goes in, like, well, would you ever see Bill Belichick do this? Would you ever see Brian Flores do this? Well, it would only be funny if Andy Reid did it. 
It's like, hey, guess what? There's more personalities out there. And this is in the 1970s. NFL coaches are different. The game is different. We're moving on from it. And then the, and she, the only reason she's famous is because her brother is an NFL Hall of Famer. That's the only reason she's famous. Whoa, I didn't even know that. Deep cut. And that's the truth. Um, <laughs> it, it, like, so they, they're out in the LA studio. Colin Coward has been bad for a while. He thinks he's a know-it-all. Thinks he has all these right answers. Um, and I've stemmed from one point, and I stand on my grave with this. He says he's a quarterback goof, and he knew Kyle Allen would be good since he watched him in high school. Okay, so he says he follows up on recruiting. Then. Like a couple of days later, for some reason, I'm watching it or I saw a clip on Twitter where he's interviewing Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer's retired and he's talking about Joe Burrow at LSU and how good they were previewing a game or something. And he's like, oh, Joe Burrow's from Athens, Ohio. Well, why didn't you recruit him to Ohio State? <laughs> uh, Colin, he was at Ohio State. He transferred because they had better quarterbacks there. And he was like, and then Urban Meyer said that, and Colin was like, oh, and kind of stood there for a pause and then like moved on. So Colin, it's, they're out of context, out of mind. When you're speaking on like a small market Detroit fans, what they want, what they need from their coach, and like speaking from an L.A. bias standpoint, completely way off. And I'm hoping that Detroit fans rally around this coach because he brings grit and toughness to it and he brings a personality that we didn't have with a poncho wearing coach beforehand because guess what the patriot way isn't the same and it's not going to work in other places facts facts i did see just before you go grant who says i'm gonna go if you are if you're not no worries but dan campbell said i think it was today maybe yesterday that during the season, he's not going to be like a big antic guy in the press conferences. He's going to tone it down. So I guess Dan Campbell is affected by he, – he said he wasn't, but clearly the national media is like starting to bother him where he's not going to he's not going to be himself, which I hate that. I wish he would just continue to embrace it. Except for Thanksgiving when he shows up in his overalls and hard hat and eats the turkey legs. Two turkey legs in hand. Yes. I, he better still do that. I think um, I probably land somewhere in the middle of both of you. So I guess that's like side with heaven. Mi- middleman uh, Michael. Middleman Michael here. Like I think the co- I wrote down context. Context in life and everything. Not to get too meta here is everything. Context is everything. You know, things happen in a vacuum, and you got to assess the situation. If we had just had a gimmicky bad coach in Detroit and Dan Campbell was doing these things, I'd be mad about it. I'd be like, oh, here we go again. But we just came off of a coach who has the personality of a leaf blowing in the wind, an ant walking across the sidewalk. I mean, the most paint drying on the wall. That was Matt Patricia's personality. Okay. And it didn't work. And players despised him, and he made him practice outside when it was 15 degrees, which, honestly, Dan Campbell, I could see him doing that because he's just such a blue-collar dude. In short sense. Anyways, for sure. back on the, yeah, back on the uh, track here is we just had the most boring coach of all time. So when you have a guy that 
wants to step out a little bit, wants to do some fun things, what's the worst that can happen? If we stink again, at least we had fun stinking again. And I kind of, and then the point that I like from Alex is like, I like that Dan Campbell is just being who he is. I bet deep down Matt Patricia is not that annoying of a dude. I don't know. Maybe, but like we know he likes to have fun. He wore the uh he wore like the clown shirt off the plane, so we know he has some edge, some pers- some personality to him. That guy like died when he came to Detroit because he's like, I just need to be like Bill. He didn't be himself. He's like, I'm going to be Bill. I'm going to do everything like Bill would do. But guess what, Matt? You're not Bill. You're Matt Patricia. You wear a poncho on the sidelines. You're different. Be a different guy. Dan Campbell is going to be his own man because he's secure with himself and he's going to have fun. But then where I become the middleman is I also see the other side from the national market is where we've never really been contenders. We've never really been good, at least in our lifetime. And it kind of looks gimmicky and you can make fun of it. And when you talk four hours a day live on the radio, which is really like tough to do, it's fun to jab at it. And what I will say is it does in the, in the national mind, like Dan Campbell's not doing himself any favors. Like when you do gimmicky stuff, you kind of have to back it up with wins or you're just viewed as a joke, which I'm okay with because we haven't seen him play yet. But like, I will say if we have a really bad season, like two years in a row, it's going to be like, well, Make, like it'll be easy to make jokes like maybe Dan shouldn't have done all like the funny press conference stuff and just focus more on the X's and O's. But like the deep down fan in me is like, dude, we stunk my whole life. At least we're having fun now. Like we just came off of a guy who didn't have fun at all and was miserable. Like at least let's just have fun. If we're gonna be, like, the bench warmers. That team stunk. That team was terrible. That movie, they had fun though. They brought in a Buttermaker and they had a blast. Like they just, they stunk and they had fun. Let's stink and have fun if we're going to stink. So I, I, that's that's all I really have to say. And also, I want to be clear, all of Evan's chops on uh, Colin Coward, please do not take them personally. Liv Coward. Um, shout out Liv Coward. Any other follow-ups on that? Any other lines? Stuff? I, I have a lion thing that I'd like to talk about. Before we do that, is there any other, like, you know, I think we all made pretty good points about it. Is there any other things we missed on this angle of, the, of this, what happened? No, no. I think we did a great job. Shout out us. Shout out us. And Liv Coward. Alex. You're going to cut that? No. So, what's wrong with that? Nothing. You're just down bad. No. We're yeah. down bad about Peach Cobbler. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, what I want to talk about with the Lions is, I don't know. Media if, day. Who cares? I'm not, like, stealing this topic. I heard it on the radio. I will disclaimer that. Who said it? 97 won the ticket. Who else would have said it? But, I mean, every show was talking about it yesterday. Did you guys see the new Lions hats? Oh, yeah. With a fat L on them? They just have an L. They're gross. Just an L. I didn't didn't see them. Well, it's an L, but there's a line through it. Yeah, but it's just like a big L. Yeah, I mean, they stand through. Are those the sideline hats this year? I I don't know that. I didn't really so, want to take it seriously because it was such a bad design. I just can't believe that they're selling that. And I just wanted to know if you New know, Detroit Lions hat. You're surprised that they have just a giant L hat. Hey, I mean... Don't we, you think NFL could be a little better about making hats? We already are a laughing stock. Well, isn't it like New Air or something? But yeah, I mean, but... Mm-hmm. NFL shop, I think, is still a... I mean, we're like, we're a joke. We're a joke of a franchise, whatever. Make fun of it. Feels bad. 
feels bad, right? It's a terrible hat. I'll tell you this: if we go, uh, if we if we go yeah. if we go above five hundred, this whole podcast is going to buy those and wear them for every show. Uh, yeah. I don't know about every show, but yeah, every time we break down a game, we'll wear them and then take them off. We might do that anyways. <laughs> well, does every team have a hat like that, or is it just us? Yeah, every, we're the only one with an L. Every team has their predominant color, a big L, and then they'll go over it. No, I'm saying like the, the Giants are the G So We're the no. only team with the L as our mascot, right? We are the only L in the league. Fitting. I don't see anybody else. At least we're not the Texans. Well, yeah, Jerry Goff's awesome. He is so wholesome. Great guy. Protect that man. You guys want to get into like a, a more depressing topic, a scarier topic? Well, I'm gonna argue your topic, but well, that'll be good. If you want to go depressing, sure. The next topic that I want to get to on our show today is about the Pistons, because as we've talked about, the NBA playoffs are going on, and I've watched a lot of them. I've stayed up way too late at night because I don't live in the Mountain Time Zone. Like I talked about, how great Arizona is. I'm back to reality. Back to staying up to like you know midnight to even see like a decent amount of the, the late games selfish of the NBA to do that. They don't think about the East Coast at all. But I was thinking during these NBA playoffs, and specifically last night, as Evans Bucks were getting taken to the woodshed. Um, and this this might be a hyperbole, but I don't know. Will the Pistons ever be serious contenders again? And, and serious contenders matter. Um, I'm talking about like a team that dominates a season as like a one seed or two seed and expected to go deep in the playoffs and win it all. Because as I look at across the NBA landscape, it's, it's the most player-driven league we have in America. I mean, soccer is very player-driven. Um, like Harry Kane's going to beg out of Tottenham to go to Man City or Chelsea. But in America, the NBA is as close as we get to that. Alex, wake up. <laughs> um, but so they all, everyone likes to pick their city. Like, oh, I want to go to this city. I, I, I want to play with these guys. I want to play with my bros from AAU, blah, blah, blah. Detroit... Is, is on the up-and-coming as it could possibly be, thanks to Dan Gilbert's renovation plans. It's not a free agent destination. I've never heard one NBA player really in history. Well, lies. Jeremy Grant said he wanted to come to Detroit. Josh Smith. <laughs> Did he? Josh, Josh Smith's played everywhere. He probably was Allen Iverson. He might just be a serial traveler. No one really wants to come to Detroit. Unless they're getting paid, overpaid. Because it's not an attractive city. I mean, poor Blake Griffin came and had a breakup with his girlfriend because she didn't want to live here. So with that in mind, and I look at teams, when we talk about this upcoming draft, the, the Milwaukee Bucks, they landed Giannis, you know, um, one of the best players in the league, MVP, believe multiple times. They can't, they can't even make the finals. And they're kind of like Detroit. No one wants is dying to play Milwaukee. They'll go there because they want to play with Giannis, but they still haven't built enough. I'm thinking about Memphis, uh, kind of young up-and-coming team. They have John Morant, who's top 50 player in the league. They have Jaron Jackson Jr. They have Dylan Brooks. They have guys on their team. They bounced in the first round, eight seed, barely got in the playoffs. Even the mighty Boston, who had their run when we were younger with the big three that they, they cultivated. Boston, believe it or not, I mean, they're a historic basketball franchise, but they're not like a A-list city for people to go live in these days when it comes to the NBA. And they have two, they have a star in Jason Tatum, a great role player, or a great second man in Jalen Brown, and they're still struggling. Even, even I wrote Philly. Even Philly hasn't broke through. Mavericks, Doncic. I think they're going to get there, but right now they're still struggling. They've also won a title, Dirk. So right. So what I'm saying is, is that even if the Pistons get lucky, 
they hit on Kate Cunningham. And let's say Kate Cunningham is as good as Luka Doncic, which is asking a lot of a guy to be. Because Luka Doncic is like the best 21, 22-year-old basketball player I've ever seen in my life. He's unbelievable. Are we going to be able to attract enough talent around him to elevate us to like a one seed and making a run in the playoffs and winning it all again? Because I don't know. I really don't. Yes. You say yes, Alex. Mm-hmm. What makes you say that? Well, I'll give a couple examples. Number one, the Golden State Warriors, before you know their dominance, were they an attractive free agent destination for anyone? Do you remember any big players going there and signing with the Warriors? Not that I can remember. They had that. Um, they just had. They were the eight seed ones with Baron Davis, and they upset. So they had one the playoff series win. I think they were, you know, a dumpster fire. Right. So they had top picks every year. Right. They draft Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. Yep. All of a sudden, those three guys before Kevin Durant, they won a title. Okay. They yep. drafted those guys. Yep. Then what happens? So you start winning. You win a title. Or if even if you don't win a title, you start winning. You're a really good team. You're a young, promising team. Winning attracts talent. Players want to play on winning teams. I agree. That's what I'm saying with the, with the honest. That like, they'll come, right. like Drew Holiday will come play. So the it can happen. Now, there's other ways to do it other than, so yes, you need, you need stars. And free agency is a great way to get stars if you're a big market. Can I do the Warriors real quick, though? Because I think it might end up being a team-by-team discussion here. Is I think one Golden State is I would is I would say on its own could be a free agent spot because of the weather. They were there. in Oakland, Grant. Yeah, but the weather on the West Coast, like it's nice. It's not the worst city to live in. And I would say like if the bar that we're saying is we need to hit, we need to draft the best shooter in league history. I mean that's like, that's not going to happen. I don't. Are we going to find a Steph Curry? Like Steph's the best shooter of all time. You're asking me if they'll ever be serious contenders again, and if they hit on the draft. And they get a Cade Cunningham, and he turns out to be a Luka Doncic type. Yes, they could. Another example. So, I like I was saying, free agents. Yes, that's like a great way to get superstars. But the Toronto Raptors are not exactly a destination, and they just made a trade instead. They just put all their eggs in one basket, got Kawhi Leonard in a trade. Maybe it was only for one year, but that was enough, and they won. Did the Warriors have some injury struggles? Yes, but ultimately they won. So, if the Pistons get enough, and they're close and there's a, a big superstar out there who's unhappy, they can just go go for it all and make a trade. It's not like – I mean, now you're seeing players you know, have more control in trades with their trade clauses and all that, but Kawhi Leonard's one of the top five players in the NBA, or was at the time, and he still got traded to a place he didn't want to go. When he got there, he said he wasn't even going to play, and they ended up winning the championship. So, yes, it's doable. Is it super realistic to think that we're ever going to be a free agent destination? No. But is it possible? Will we ever be contenders again? Yes. I think it's extreme to say no. Okay. I, I, I hear that and I respect it. Evan, what do you think about the topics? We haven't let you go yet. Um, so Alex took the free agent destination approach. Um, and I agree with him on like the Warriors certainly draft well. And I wrote down, you have to draft well. You have to obtain depth. I think a big reason why some teams don't win the playoffs is because of the death on their bench. You, the role players coming off the bench aren't as good as the other team's role players coming off their bench. Um, experience matters. And then you have to build around like your solid core. And having young talent helps. Um, and I wrote down Toronto as well, like Alex did. You make one splash trade and you run it and you see what happens. But 
I wrote down some a couple other teams that the the not the Lions, the Pistons could be comparable to. I wrote down like some past Boston teams in recent memory, like uh, with a young Jason Tatum, with a young Jalen Brown. They they were talented. Nobody knew that. I mean, Jason Tatum's like a top ten player right now. He can be arguably a top five player in the NBA right now. And could Sadiq Bay turn into a top fifteen, top twenty five player possibly? So you have talent, a small portion of talent on your roster right now. The Miami Heat team last year, they made it to the finals. Granted, it was the bubble, no fans, asterisks, wherever you want to call it. But Bam Adebayo, he's an all-star, yes. But Isaiah Stewart could fill in like that role player center, undersized type. And then if we had, like you said, we had Keith Cunningham, Keith Cunningham could turn in just as good as Jimmy Butler did. And you see that Miami team, they had just role players around them that made their team better. And then I guess you, you write down asked, you wrote down and asked, uh, are there any NBA teams that we can compare? And I wrote down the current Utah Jazz team. Okay. They drafted, I want to say, majority of their players. They haven't really brought in any big free agents. They have a good team philosophy. I mean, Donovan Mitchell – is like their superstar on their team, and but I don't think like the national media will consider like Donovan Mitchell like a like a superstar compared to like these other like James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Giannis. Like he's not on that level. And so you look at the current NBA. Yes, the East and West kind of battle off a shift talent wise, but I think there definitely is a chance the Pistons can get back in to contention and. Like I said, college football is. I think the NBA is just a cycle of these teams are good, it changes. Then the next group of teams are going to be good, then it changes. I mean, you look at the Pistons 04 run. Yes, it was a different type of basketball, but we didn't have a superstar on that team. We had a bunch of guys that played well, and we had a good system and coaches. And they played a team with two superstars, and they they still won. Yeah. Kobe and Shaq. Yeah. I agree with Adam in that it's a team. And coaching, I think, is another point that you can make. It's a good point. It can make a big difference. I see a point. So maybe a little bit more optimistic. I think I'm going to be stuck in my ways on this thought until I see otherwise. It just seemed like really discouraging. Like, and, and the teams you're talking about, like the Jazz, like they, they have a lot to prove this year and they could bust through. I guess I'm just thinking like as, you know, I watch the playoffs. We all see a difference between like a team that's a good regular season team and kind of flashes in the playoffs than being like that real like alpha team. Like I, I can almost say with guarantee we will not ever have a Brooklyn situation. Like right now in Detroit, like I don't see us attracting three of the top 20 players to ever come play for us. So we're always going to be, we're never going to be like, and to be fair, we weren't in 04. We were, we weren't supposed to win that series. So we're never going to be the team that's like, oh, they're going to coast to the finals. So I don't think we'll ever really see that. But I, I could see it. I'm almost thinking when I was talking there about that team I'm watching right now that I think has a great chance to go to the finals is the Phoenix Suns. Like, if you can have Killian Hayes just be half of the game manager of Chris Paul could be one day. Like, I don't think he'll ever be to the level of Chris Paul. Like, half as good as him. Cade could be a Devin Booker type when he, when he comes of age and hits his stride of the shot making. You find, like, a energetic big man like Aiton's been with Isaiah Stewart. You patch together your big man. You have... um. A good wing guy like uh, Sadiq Bey, Mikhail Bridges type, you know, your Jeremy Grant, um, like their Dario Saric. You could build a team like that, can compete. And I think on a year like this where but, – but it all has to be in context again where like Phoenix isn't where they're at unless you, you have a 
Anthony Davis go down. So like you might and, and like you said with Toronto, like it That's might always just, house it might just be where the Pistons are gonna need to be a build a great team and then still on top of that have to have some injury luck, which you can never bank on and you can't root for because it it's like a dirt you can't root for that. So it's one of those things where like I think it's a and it, it just kind of reset my talents. I know we got all excited about the draft and like, oh if we get Kate Cunningham we could be like the eight seed in the East next year, which I still think we can, but I just think it kind of reset the talent of me. Like we really have so much work to do to like get to a level of like I'm watching Brooklyn play like some of the best basketball I've ever seen in my life. And we're just so far off of that. 90% of championship teams are going to have to get a ball bounce their way or get lucky in any sport. So you know, more often than not, yeah, the 70, the, the Warriors didn't even win when they went 73 and whatever, nine, mm-hmm. they didn't win. Right, because of a bad break on their end. So what I'm saying is even the teams that are that good that are supposed to win guaranteed, half the time they don't need to win. And that Warriors team that you talked about without KD, they got a break and Kevin Love getting hurt and like Kyrie being banged up for that. And the stage. Raptors got a break when Clay Thompson got And KD then popped his Achilles. Yeah. So it might just be the expectations is like we're never going to be that front-running Brooklyn team that attracts all those guys. So we might just need to – Put together the best team we possibly can, which I trust Trevor would do, and hope like teams kind of fumble in front of us, which sucks because like you'd like to just be the alpha team. But um, OKC drafted Harden, Durant, Westbrook, Ibaka. Mm-hmm. Our GM is from that franchise. I would consider they were serious contenders. They made the finals. If you make they the were finals, three-one on the Warriors in the uh, Western Conference Finals a couple years later. If you make without your, if you make your conference finals and you compete in that series, you're a real contender. You know, yeah. so you just got to hit on the draft. They might leave eventually, so you got a small. We might have a smaller window than other teams with big markets. That is tough. Yeah, hopefully you, you can that. still get to a window. Yeah, be more optimistic, Grant. Don't be. No, negative. I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be real. What I'm watching, it's a different level. We're not there yet. No one's expecting us to be there right now. I'm just resetting my timeline. I was getting over my skis. Thing like, if you oh, thought they were competing next year to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, not then the finals, just playoffs. Got to get lucky in the draft. Playoffs. Got to hit in the lottery that we won't inevitably hit on because Evan thinks it's rigged. Well, different discussion for another day. So lotteries are rigged. Your room. We'll get to that when we talk about the red news later. Your rumor for you're not using Jeremy Grant as your rumor. Nope. So speaking of the timeline, this will be brief. I just saw this come up from a decent decent source. There was some credibility there. Um, A guy that's kind of plugged into the league was flowing that Jeremy Grant wants to go to the Washington Wizards. Um, there's interest there to team up with Beal and Westbrook, which I think would be a great fit for the Wizards. I don't know if I'd love it for Detroit, but my question to you is to figure that out. Would you guys trade him if you were the GM, which we've talked about before? And if so, what would you need back in a trade of that magnitude? I would probably do it if it was a lot of picks, first round at least. Second, first, second, and then I would want some of their young players as well. I mean, I would want a haul. I wouldn't just trade them for you know, peanuts. Well, of course. You'd get fired if you traded them for peanuts. First rounder, second rounder, and a couple of their prospects. Wow. What kind of prospects? I would have to like look at the Wizards roster for that. Okay. I'll take Cassius Winston just because he's from. All right. <laughs> Evan, what do, you, what do you think about this? Um, I wrote down, if he wants to leave, goodbye, see you later. Nice knowing you. Thanks for playing for the Pistons. Um, 
I would want to get a haul in return, but I don't think you're going to get like a bunch of draft picks and players for Jeremy Grant. Um, MIP, man. Oh, candidate. Nominee. MIP nominee. Give me a couple seconds, maybe a first. How about just one Give me draft picks. Give me draft picks and Cassius Winston, I'll be happy. Like, I, I, my problem is, like, I don't know if I want their draft picks. Nothing against Cassius Winston. Like, I, I think he's a great player. I think he should have been drafted. But I want – I would rather have Troy Weaver have a chance to draft his own players. I agree with that. Because he has good – he had a good success last year. So just give us draft picks and see what Troy Weaver does with it. Yeah. Let me, let me paint a scenario for you because I was thinking about how, how I would try to work this. And I even went on ESPN trade machine, machine trying to figure out a trade. The salary cap might need some adjusting on this one, as with every trade. But I, I also go back and forth on Jeremy Grant, where I like I, he showed a lot this year. I think in the games that he did play, like he he showed a lot of three level scoring ability. I didn't know he had in his game, and he's about to. He's twenty seven, so he's going to be in that prime window, and he would be a good like end-of-game kind of guy for Cade to kind of learn under in his first years. Uh, look at me just assuming yeah, we're going to get Cade Cunningham. But I think he'd be a good guy, a go-to guy for the young guys. Kind of like you could even think about how Jimmy Butler was for the Heat with all the young guys like Duncan, Tyler Hero, um, kind of learning underneath him. And the game goes through Jeremy Grant and the other guys kind of feast feast around. So I, I like that, and I see that. But like Evan said, if he if this rumor is true, he wants to go to Washington. There's no, like no point in trying to keep a guy in Detroit that doesn't want to be here because it's not going to work because we're not a free agent spot. They're not going to be motivated to play. I mean, we even see how motivated Blake Griffin is in Brooklyn now that he's out of Detroit. I mean, he looks like a different human being over there, which I don't fault him for really. Like, whatever. Like, it's he not us. it's not anyone in Detroit's fault other than Stan Van Gundy that we were in that situation. So I mean, Blake did what he had to do. Yeah. But if we have one of those Bruin and Jeremy Grant, let's get something back. The guy that I want from Washington, I want Reed Hachimuri on our team back in this trade. Very, like 22-year-old starter. 22-year-old power forward, put up some 20-point games in this playoff. Um, I think you could reasonably ask that. like if Because if, if they're doing this, they want to win now. So take Jeremy Grant and control, try to win now. They have the 15th pick in this year's draft, so they're not in the lottery. So they're that 15th spot. If you could get like Reed in that pick – and we give up Jeremy and something else, maybe a later future pick, I would do that. With the hope that Troy, we would take our pick, and we could hopefully use the Wizards' 15th pick and maybe a future pick and move up. Because if you came back, like, think about this. Jeremy Grant leaves. You get Rehach and Murray to play the four. You get Cade, Jalen, or Evan Mobley. And then you can go get, like, Davion Mitchell with, like, the sixth pick or something, seventh pick. Now we are talking. That's a pretty awesome young core. Like, you lose out. You're, gonna, you're not going to be great this coming year because Jeremy's scoring was, like, 22 points a game. He was awesome. Um, but you have a pretty unbelievable young core because you're bringing in three star young or growing young players that are in the 21 to 22-year-old range. I would do that in a second. And then two years from then, you make a slam dunk trade for an all-star and you just go for it all. Yeah, yeah, I like that. The like Detroit we, Pistons are NBA Finals champions, and this segment will have to be brought up because Grant said that it's basically never going to happen. Yeah, but as I gave us the blueprint to reach that. I trust whatever Troy Weaver wants to do, but I agree with your trade. I would do that. As long as Troy Weaver thinks Hachimura is going to be a good player. Right. You would want, yeah. I would want a seal of approval. It's basically one player for three, and we give up some future picks that we'd have to. I'm, I'm guessing how it works. Because, like we said, Jeremy Grant's like good, but he's not like 
Hall good, I would say. I don't know. Unless a team the Celtics were willing to give a Hall, it sounded like. But the Wizards might be desperate. Their window closing. Who? Wizards? Wizards. It's yeah. not even a big window to begin with. Give me Bradley Beal. Let's overpay it. Nope. We don't need that. Come on, guys. It'd be fun. He's pretty old. No. Is he? He's ref in 2.0. What's we old? don't need. He's not like out of his prime. Yet. He's probably like 28. Dude, Killian, Bradley Beal, Cade Cunningham. We don't have Cade Cunningham yet, Grant. But we do. Let's <laughs> wait. You're, you're saying that too much. We're speaking into existence. Speaking into existence is right. I have Kate Cunningham. I might as well just buy his jersey right now, and yes. that way he has to give him to us. Troy's thinking the same way. I know he is. Shoot for the moon. If you miss, you'll at least be among the stars. Uh, okay, so now something new. Not new, but a new twist on the end of it. It's time, because that was a rumor. Now it's time for another rumor, and Alex's rumor mill segment of the week, presented by Codes Apparel. So... First sponsor, a little read here on the show. What is Codes Apparel? For those that don't know, it's a clothing company. Quick, quick trivia to go along with this. What is Grand Rapids, Michigan area code? Evan. I have no idea. Is it six something or is it nine something? Starts I need seven. Starts with a six. Oh, six, seven, oh. No. Alex, do you know? Six, one, six. Yes, it is the six, one, six. That's Grand Rapids. So. That kind of kind of uh, philosophy is what Codes Apparel is about. Um, we started started recently, and what it is is if you're if you're well, we don't have a full version, but just picture a shirt. It's got the state of Michigan logo on it, and a variety of colorways for whatever sports team you may like, even some summer ones, some golf ones, and it's a way to represent where you're from. So it's it's the state, and you put uh, the area code you're from numbers inside of it. They range from six one six Grand Rapids. 517, 231, 734, all the great area codes and places around Michigan. And it's a great way, like I said, to let others know, you know, represent something, represent your, your hometown, where you're from, in a variety of colorways. They offer t-shirts, long sleeves, hoodies, hats, all variety type of clothing. Um, where to find this? Codesapparel.com. And uh, you get free shipping on order $75 or more. So go check out that, see if you find anything you like. And without further ado, brought to you, Alex's Rumor Mill segment of the week, presented by Codes Apparel. Here it is. Your rumor of the week is the lead candidates for the newly opened Portland Trailblazers. Get job. out of here. Keep it to yourself. It's a little Keep it to yourself. Chauncey <laughs> Bellops, former Detroit this is what Evan. This is what Evan told you to do. Well, kind of. Jeff Van Gundy, Matt's assistant Mike D'Antoni. And last but not least, might upset some people, Michigan's Juwan Howard. So Michigan fans, watch out. The Blazers are looking to make a run at your head coach, Juwan Howard. Any yeah. thoughts, Grant? Um, Confirmed by Woj himself. One, rumors like this are a good thing that your program at Michigan is moving in the right direction because you have a coach that's heavily sought after by other people, which means he's well-respected. Two, just Michigan fans get used to it. Buckle up and every single head coaching vacancy across the country, the NBA, high-level college jobs, Juwan Howard's going to be linked to. So you just got to deal with it. And um, enjoy them while you have them because when you get this many offers thrown in your face, it's naturally tempting to want to leave at some point, which I do anticipate him going to the NBA at some point in his life. I don't know when that will be. I would like to think that he'd want to stay at Michigan 
for um, his up-and-coming son, who's a recruit, high-level recruit, a uh, high four-star recruit, who will probably be attending Michigan. You'd like to see him ride that out. Did you just add another rumor? Is he committed? No, but it's like crystal ball. Like He's going to go to Michigan. Rumor. Jet Howard, look him up. Great player. Um, but, yeah, so he's going to be attached. You just got to get used to it. You just got to, you know, Hunter Dickinson's flirting with the NBA. Devontae Jones, our transfer commit, is also now flirting with the NBA. You just got to ride the wave in the offseason of college basketball and, like, not – like, basically go to sleep and wake up in late August to see what your roster really is. So we'll see. Thanks for the rumor, Alex. Um, so last segment of this show, to stay in the Detroit – range we have a mix of the tigers and red wings a twofer it's great value so we have detroit tigers promising prospects a little alliteration there and the red wings lottery follow-up with the six pick so we'll start with the tigers i don't know searching the web i literally just typed in detroit tigers news found some articles about some uh, prospects on the rise and some current guys on the team that are having some good stretches do you guys after kind of reviewing the last couple of weeks of Tigers baseball, have any guys you are, that you, I guess, because we talked about them last week about encouraging. Do you, you got any guys on this team that are you think are here to stay? And who would they be? That are on the current Tigers roster? Sure. Or in the minor you, leagues? You can punt on the current roster and just go who's tickling your pickle in the minor leagues. Well, I saw that Paredes is coming up, our number four prospect. Oh, I'm intrigued by that guy. I want him to see him Isaac. Play. This isn't how you pronounce Isak. it. Isak. Isak. Are you serious? Not Isaac. It's Isak. Thank goodness it's, you guys yes. said that. Which is super weird. Wait, but you guys both said different things. So can we run that I think back? Evans is right. Isaac sounds a little wrong. But Evans, Evans and not the pronunciation guy. No, correct. No, trust me. Because I was watching the Tigers game last year or saw highlights. And what's his name? Shepard said his name. I was like, no, 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 no. It's Isaac. It's spelled Isaac. <laughs> And then as the year went on, they kept on pronouncing Isak Paredes. Isak Paredes. Isak Paredes. So that's uh, something to keep What position does he play? I think third. Third base. Nice. Third base. He played a little bit last year at the end of the year. Yeah, nice. he, he was actually not bad. And then, uh, like I said last week, Riley Green. I would like to see him, you know, get Dude, I always guys. get him confused when you say what the country singer. Isn't there a country singer named Riley Green? Sounds right. Crickets in the crickets in the, the pond. I mean, actually, yeah, I would say there's there's definitely a country singer named Riley something, Riley Green, American country music singer. There was this girl. Isn't that a popular song? It there is. was this girl, very popular. There was this girl in this bar with my truck and this beer. No, that's not how it goes. But if you played it, you would definitely know. All right, so yes, I get it confused. They're not the same guy. No, not the same guy. But that would Riley be quite Green, the life. I would love to see him. Get some at bats, but like Evan said, with all the dumb whatever rules, don't understand. Yeah, I don't get that it. Evan at brings all. up every time, right. but one day we'll do it. Like in late August, when we have nothing to talk about, we'll do a deep dive on how we're Evan gonna have be. to fact check Evan. He could be lying to us. <laughs> he really could be. Um, I'm not Evan. Is there anyone you got your eye on? Um, Besides Casey yes. Mize, we get it. He's he's better. Now. I'm gonna butcher this guy's name. I oh, don't geez, have the article. Evan. I looked at it earlier. Isak Ding Dingley Dingler. <laughs> Dean Dingler? Evan, his name's Dylan Dingler. Come on. Dingler. There you go. Dean Dingy um, Balls? What was that? He's a, he's a catching prospect, I'm pretty sure, from Ohio State. Um, he's hitting very well down in the minors recently with a couple of power surge um, home runs. 299. But currently, 
Arquetra right now, Eric Haas. Um, you have a little article about him. I mean, he hit a home run today to get the Tigers only three to one. So he, I'm pretty sure he now has eight home runs. Another today? Yes, yeah, so he has eight home runs in less than like 100 at bats, which is unheard of. That's unbelievable. It's really good. For a guy that kind of Cleveland didn't really want, and we traded for him for cast considerations. He's uh, <laughs> from Dearborn Divine Child, drafted who, out of high school. Who we beat in the regional semifinals. Shout out us. I knew that was coming. Never forget, he was not on the team, otherwise we wouldn't have probably won. Shout out um, Nick Collins to that home Yeah. Um Chop us for losing the next game. But, but big like the article stated, like this these this Tigers team have been trying to find like a catcher that is here to stay, and we've gone through the mill with Hicks and Griner, and now we signed uh, Ramos. Who's the guy we got from the Astros? And we sent James McCann off for no reason. James McCann left. He was like, young, good prospect. We're like, yeah. oh, he doesn't hit very well. Goes to the Mets. Absolutely rakes. rakes. Who was the was catcher the we got White from Sox. the JV trade? Went to the White Sox first. Absolutely rakes. What? Who's the catcher we got in the JV trade from the Astros? Supposed to be good. Jake Rogers. Jake Rogers. And he's back and forth. He's kind of like our backup right now. Um, he's got a cannon. He's more of a defensive catcher. Mm-hmm. But this Haas rakes. He's a power hitting catcher in the, right now with these major leagues. I want a catcher that can contribute offensively. Yeah. And they say, oh, he lacks defense. It's like, trust me, you can figure out defense. That's easier to fix than hitting. As a great hitter, so. Our pitching prospects, they're, they're pitching better in the majors. School Bulls pitching better. Um, Tevin higher strikeout great recently, um, which, I mean, that's what we're looking forward to is the pitching prospects. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, it would be a nice offset where Mize has kind of been pitching. He's not a huge strikeout guy. He's a gets weak contact, so it'd be nice to have an offset of Scooble who just like fans people. I like that kind of rotation for them. Um, and you always forget how young these guys are, so they're still figuring it out. I will say I'm going to go back in on the Badu train a little bit. I I can see him on a contending Tigers team in the outfield where like he's figuring stuff out. Like he's 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 grinding. He's so young as as well. I believe, right? He's I, young. I, I shouldn't just say that. 21? That's well, felt, yes. That felt so irresponsible to say he's super 21? young. Uh, I didn't type in age, Grant. Learn how to Google one time. He is young because he wasn't even able to drink when he celebrated. Yeah, so, so so he must have just turned 22. So Yes. Um, well, that's still one of the nice yeah, things. Yeah, whatever. He should we'll have been see. able to drink this year. <laughs> Anyways, he, sh- he had that huge stretch, so we know he has that flash, and then struggles, and he's like grinding to get back to, to where he was a little bit. Willie Castro's in this article. He's been hitting good of late. Teaser alert. I'm punting on him. I'll, I'll tell you that at the end here. Uh, Eric Haas, like you mentioned, I, I like it. It says here is 28, so he may not fit into future, future plans. It might be when Dylan Dingler comes up um, to the show. I love that name, and I'm really excited about this guy. I saw a couple highlights of Spencer Torgelson hitting bombs. I love his swing. I hadn't looked at his swing until – like now, like seeing these MLB highlights, it's so short, compact, and he has like thighs that could squeeze a watermelon. Back to the thighs, you know, you got you got to look out for those things. Um, unless he's just unless he's just sizing down in pants, I don't know. But the the dude is like actually a unit in ripping baseballs into the sun. Big thigh guy looks like a huge thigh guy. And then we have Riley Green, like we talked about, 
looks like he's a great defenseman based on the clips I see. But like Alex always says, these guys are an A ball. They're in double A ball. Yeah, I mean, we might not see these guys till 2027. We might never. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. We'll see Riley Green's first plate appearance in 2027 for the Tigers based on all the little rules that Evan discusses. Um, that we don't know if we're true or not because we've never fact-checked him. For me, it all comes down to this. And I talked about it last show, but I'm more in-depth. I did a little bit more research. I want a shortstop on this team. I want a guy, and this is why I'm kind of chopping Willie Castro. Like, yeah, it'd be cool if he went back to last year's form and was hitting well. I want a guy that's a sweet fielder, sweet hitter, proven. I'm okay if he's a little older. Okay if we overpay. I'm doing some research on who's even available in the free agent market. We got to start spending money at some point because we're saving a lot of it because we don't have a high payroll. We have Corey Seager available this year. We have Trevor Story available this year. And we have the guy that I want and I need or I'm going to be very disappointed. And I'll, I'll say this. I will not watch half of the Tigers season next year if we don't sign this guy, which won't be much different because I don't watch all their games anyways. If we don't sign Carlos Correa this offseason, I'm going to be mad. Former manager. Yeah, there's, there's a, a connection. Con- there's a connection there. Maybe we can start the banging on the – Garbage cans in Detroit. He knows how to do it. I'm just kidding. It's a joke, guys. Relax. We don't need to cheat to win. We need a shortstop. Like, Carlos Correa, every time I used to watch those Astros playoff games, the great series, Carlos Correa was making big plays, making big hits. Some would say he's a better playoff performer than he even is a regular season guy. Perfect. Let's just let's get Carlos Correa on our team, and then I can start to envision us in a world where we're competing. Because our poor pitching staff is – Working so hard, holding teams to so few runs, and we have no offensive support for them to show. Except when we film these shows and Evan tells us we have a breaking Miguel home run that's going on. Like, we don't score runs outside of recording these podcasts. That's where I stand. Free agent show can be a different day, but I need to get that off my chest. We're not even close to free agency. No, we're like not even. We're actually not even remote close. No. But we need to. We're not even to the all star break, and you were talking about. Making guarantees about signing someone. Yeah, it is it. June. There's nothing to talk about June with the Tigers because they're not competing. Well, you want to talk about them. We have to. We owe it. So now we got to talk about the Red Wings. The Red Wings. Update. The lottery was not rigged. Nothing crazy happened. Evan almost came true on the Kraken uh, call, but it was one pick short. As our lead hockey analyst on the show, we will throw this one to Evan. Alex, stop yawning, dude. Is the show that boring for you? I woke up extra early today. Oh, not a big deal. Longer commute. Lottery takeaways, Red Wings, where do we sit? It's tough. We got the sixth pick. Iceman came out and said, I'll draft somebody talented at any spot and give it to me. Um, when the lottery was going on, like a lottery show, they panned to uh, Stevie during like when we picked the sixth pick and he just had the the meanest like I hate you NHL grin on his face of all time. Uh, and this stems from so last year we had the best odds to get the number one pick. We felt a four. So I guess every summer the GMs get together and like complain about rules throughout the NHL. And then they send it to this board and the board like approves it or declines it and then the rule will get passed. So I guess this year for the initial draft lottery, the odds, like for like the NBA odds, you know how that, the odds and like the chance to like move in the lottery changed because of how much it got screwed up last year. Oh. 
And yeah. so if I knew that going in, like you could have just straight up said, yeah, it's going to be chalk. That explains and a ton. It was. I, only one team moved. And Seattle moved from three to two. I have an important question. Yeah. It's a little off yeah. the NHL topic, but the NFL doesn't do a draft lottery. Why do other leagues? Why, why did the draft lottery start and why? I guess what's better? That's okay. Like what? I know it's a super long topic. We should talk about it another time. But I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that different professional <laughs> leagues are doing different drafts. Deep stops. dive draft lottery in August, slow week. Boom. Yeah, you Written should just save that. But Evan, I mean, you took a big Evan, you took a big breath. What were you about to say? It's because the all teams think they avoid tanking. Yeah, it's just so like, people discourage tanking. Well, the NFL's tank not stopping because they don't have a chance to get first. But here's also a way to prevent tanking: give the worst teams like the first pick, so they're talented. Yeah, you see, that's my point. That way you have a cycle. Like I said, there's a cycle of teams being good, teams being bad, teams being good. But where there's a lottery and that team's not getting the first pick, now that team's stuck and sucking for a while, like the 76ers were and the and Cleveland was in the NBA. Yeah. And then Cleveland drafted Anthony Bennett. Got worse. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we were watching the lottery here, Alex and I, and I almost thought, like, I was like, are they just, like – one by one from minus what the order is, like going in by lot, lottery lots. Grant did lot, make it was fake. Lottery lots. Holy crap, Grant. Get it together. Lottery odds. Like I was like, is this just a recap of where we stand going into the lottery? And I goes, no. Alex is like, no, this is like the real lottery. I'm like, it's just the same order. Like they're just spitting out the same order, the, the odds until like the last two, two ones flip flop. So I guess it could be worse. We didn't, we guess we, we didn't move up. It was just a vanilla. Yep. But that, thank you, Evan, for the backstory of like what they talked about in the offseason. I guess my takeaway I had from this, I hadn't heard Stevie Y talk that much, uh, GM Eisenman, but seems pretty funny, really funny guy. I was letting it rip in the uh, post-game media session. Like, I don't think he meant it in a demeaning way. He was just kind of playing along with the guy, like with the reporter who's like, well, who are you thinking about taking? And he's like, well, tell me who you would take. And then, like, the reporter, like, was like, okay, I'll tell you who's going first, Owen Power. And he just, like, got into it. <laughs> kind of funny that, like, Steve Wise. But in a weird way, I think he's illuminating the fact that this year might be more of a crapshoot than other years because there's not, like, that locked and loaded um, number one guy, like a Connor McDavid type. So I think he was, in, in a way, he was answering the question, like, I don't I don't know who's going first. We'll just see who's there when, when they fall to us. So that, that was kind of funny. I enjoyed his... Uh, Similar to Dan Campbell, I enjoyed his having fun with it. My only note on the whole uh, lottery, watching it, when they showed everyone's, like all the GM's reactions, and 99% other than the guy that got the first pick, they just all looked angry. They looked furious. Like every single one, they just show them that guys would just be like, that was it. The uh, Dallas Stars dude took out his headphones and just got from his chair. He's like, all right, I'm done. See ya. See ya. Done with this. This sucks. They like all knew exactly. How it was almost go. awkward to watch them put it on each GM when they're just all going to react the same. Like, cool, I got the thirteenth pick. Yeah. So I guess uh, we'll have to look out for um, kind of that the NHL draft coming up, and we'll do more like we do for the Lions. We'll, we won't do like probably a full mocker for NHL. I don't think I could get through it, but uh, we'll talk about some prospects we'd like them like them to take maybe and uh, see how it goes. But I guess I said too. With with twelve picks, like Evan likes to remind us, this might be like the biggest draft for our next upcoming decade in Red Wings history for sure. You have this many picks, and a lot of those are in the second, second, third rounds. Like 
kind of land on some guys. We already have some promising prospects, but this is where you kind of like uh, really figure out like who your team's going to be in this specific draft, which feels like a lot of pressure. But I'm glad Eiserman is not feeling the bulk of the pressure. He's just uh, having fun with it. So I feel like we're in good hands. Looking forward to it. I'm glad. And we are. I mean, with 12 picks and then a lot of the scouting departments saying how it's going to be tough evaluating talent and you're kind of throwing a dart at a bullseye hoping you hit on a prospect and with 12 picks, you have a better chance with that. Just got to hit on If you like somebody differently. Um, and then I think, like Ray said, it, this might be the biggest draft for Eisman's young GM career for the Red Wings um, to where this is finally like his chance to completely rebuild the farm system and hopefully get a couple more talented players. And then hopefully in a couple of years, you know, sign a big free agent to fill out the roster. You know, Eichel will be on the team in 2022. You just go out and sign Johnny Hockey and now the Red Wings are back in the playoffs. That is Johnny Goudreau, right? Yeah, Johnny Goudreau. Plays Look at me. Flames. Come on. Let's go. All right. And with that, let's close out this puppy. So, as always, time to plug our social accounts uh, at Shot Up MS on everything except for TikTok. That is at Shot Up Michigan Sports. How to listen to this show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Depending on whatever platform you're listening on, please subscribe to the show, you know, download it, like, subscribe, rate it, um, rate it five stars, leave a review. At some point, we'll do like some sort of giveaway. Um, to get some, some more ratings for you guys, but we'd really appreciate it if you did now. It's all free. Subscribing to this on any platform is free. There's no monetary value that we get from providing this fun, free content to the people. So we'd really appreciate it if you did us a solid and uh, reviewed it back or subscribed so you get all the latest interactions with, interact with us on social media. Comment, like, DMs, any ideas you have for the show. And any uh, business ideas, uh, advertisements, that's shotofmichigansports at gmail.com is the best place for that. DMs also work on social media. We'll see it. And submit any questions that you want answered, any topics you want us to discuss. So with all that, I will cheers us out. Uh, episode 24. And this one I want to cheers to... Your arms on my screen, man. This one I want to cheers to a two-folder. No. This one, Mike Anderson, for your YouTube comment today about subscribing because we don't like LeBron James, at least two of us. Cheers to that. Cheers to that thoughtful comment he wrote, but I don't have anything to drink. You never do. When will you learn? Well, I'm trying to do a show here. I'm not worried about drinking. Cheers, Evan. Cheers to, uh, I don't remember the guy's name. Cheers to the dude on uh, TikTok to call us losers. Thanks for your feedback, buddy. Our haters are our motivators. <laughs> nice cop, Evan. Game of Thrones shout out.